You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. One of the questions I've been asked more than anything during this time is how do I reshape my destiny in challenging times? Teach us the secret. What is the secret? The Bible teaches us that the essence of true worship is honoring the Lord with what your life depends upon. The beauty of this is you become like that which you worship. So when you worship God, you'll become more like God. Can you see the importance in challenging times to worship God? When you worship God in your difficulties, you'll come out of that difficulty stronger. The challenge that you are facing won't impair you, but it will improve you. The question that you really have to ask yourself, do I love Jesus? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, do you love Jesus? Do I love Jesus with all my heart, with all my strength? with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my ability? Do I love God when it's convenient for me? This message is a message for Christians, a time of self-examination. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a time for self-examination. How do we get through challenging times, how do we allow difficulties to reshape our future? There's many things that I can say. I can teach you on faith. Not to give up. That your confession will give you a possession. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Now, many things. But I think one of the things that really reshape our future more than anything is to bring a worthy offering. Remember, Jesus is concerned about you. That's why he has planted seeds to shape your destiny. It is Christ on the inside of us, the hope of glory. That seed that's been planted is enough to change your destiny. Colossians teaches us, Paul writing, and he's saying, whenever you do, Do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength as unto the Lord. Not as unto men, as unto the Lord. Because then you will have a reward. Everything we do, we should do with all our hearts. Even salvation is based upon that. The confession that you make for salvation unto Jesus needs your heart's full agreement. You confess with your mouth but you believe with your heart. That's why you always have to give 110%, because God looks at your heart. He can see if your heart is in a thing or not. When you greet somebody and you say, hello, how are you? People might think, why are you so friendly? But God looks at your heart and he sees if you are really friendly. So we have to give our very best your strength, your ability, your energy, whatever. Remember, as Christians, 
We are called to be led by the Holy Spirit. Take the leading of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Faith comes from the regenerated spirit of man. Everything we do, when we worship God, we worship Him in spirit and truth. We can worship Him because our spirits has been made alive unto God. And we are linked up with God. Remember, without faith... It's impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Where did you get the faith to see God? That mustard seed faith was deposited on the inside of you. That mustard seed faith is enough to move mountains. It's enough to exercise your faith, to act faith, so that you can please God. Do you know what this teaches us? It teaches us that we can only give to God what comes from God. The word, the hope of glory deposited on the inside of you, it's Jesus Christ himself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you want to please God, if you want to bring a worthy offering unto the Lord, it requires faith. Faith comes from the regenerated spirit of man. Amen. So a worthy offering. What is a worthy offering? Number one, a worthy offering is putting God first. A worthy offering is putting God first. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 4. The greatest danger for Christians in this time is not the fact that they love Jesus. If you ask Christians, they'll tell you, I love Jesus. The question we have to ask you, in this time of lockdown, have you started to love other things more than Jesus? That's what the Lord said to Peter. He says, do you love me more than all of these? I want to be number one in your life. But somehow other things have become number one. Do you love me more than these? Can I be number one? God will never accept second best. Genesis 4 verse 2. Then she bore again this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, turn to the person next, you say process of time. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of the flock and of their fat. 
And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Family, God had no choice but to accept Abel's offering. It is not so important what you give, but the manner that you give. It could have been that Cain maybe brought 10 times the amount of offerings than his brother. But the Bible says he did it in the process of time. It meant he did it when it was comfortable for him, when it suited him. But Abel brought the firstborn. Abel put God first. Maybe he looked at the firstborn, he thought it would be so cute to show everybody, this is the firstborn. I'm so happy this is the first one. But he said, I'm giving the very best. I'm giving the first one to the Lord because it came from the Lord. That's why when Israel went into the promised land, what did God say? God said, all the cities you can have, but the first city, Jericho, it belongs to me. Sunday is the first day of the week. It's the day that we give to the Lord, where we say we put the Lord first. Christians in this time have become very comfortable. They decide when they want to watch. Go on Facebook or YouTube. Let's honor God by putting Him first. Parents, listen to me. If your child has got a birthday party, 10 o'clock, when it's church, you're making a decision to teach him whether to put God first or not. Many of you are praying, say, Lord, help me, give me that contract. I'll serve you. I'm going to be in church. And you're on your way to church, and they call you, and they say, it's time to sign the contract. And you make a U-turn. Are you putting God first? God is honored when we put him first. Turn to the person next to you and say, put God first. God is honored when we put him first, but he is dishonored when we bring an offering of convenience. Let me tell you something. A worthy offering will always transcend generations to come. Even after Cain had killed his brother, the Lord said, your brother's blood is calling out. What have you done? His giving got the attention of God even after he had died. Every worthy offering I'll show you from Scripture transcends generations. That's why we have to be very careful what we give, how we give. So number one, a worthy offering is putting God first. Number two, Genesis 22 a worthy offering is giving that what you love. A worthy offering is giving what you love. Go to Genesis 22.
verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. True blessing comes from giving. The Lord tested Abraham to see if he truly loved him, if he would bring a worthy offering to him. I can tell you one thing, this kind of giving, giving what you love, requires faith. It requires faith. Hebrews 11 teaches us that when Abraham was tested, when Abraham was tested, by faith he offered up the promise. Do you know what that means? The promise, the very thing that his legacy depended upon, his reputation depended upon. He said, I'm going to give it. Abraham had a mindset that he understood that he could only give to God what comes from God. He said, Lord, this is the promise. Son that I love. He came from you, Jesus. My body was dead. My wife's body was dead. You had given me the promise. I've seen the fulfillment of it. The only worthy thing that I can bring to you, my son Isaac. You can go read it. The Lord said, sacrifice your son. Later on, when the servant said, where are you going? He said, me and the lad, we are going yonder to worship. We're going to the mountain to bring a worthy offering unto our God. You are aware of your future. Be very careful what kind of seeds you are planting. In this time when the Lord requires of you to give that which you love, the very thing that reshapes our future, Abraham's obedience was the only proof of his faith. Abraham's obedience allowed him to become the father of faith. Abraham's obedience transcended generations. It's affected your life and my life. God is not so much concerned about what you give, but the way that you give it. That which you love dearly, are you prepared to give it to the Lord? Turn to the person next to you and say, bring a worthy offering. The essence of true worship is honoring God with what your life depends upon. What your life depends upon. Can you bring it as an offering unto the Lord? That's point number three. A worthy offering is bringing that which your life depends upon. Remember, it's not what you give, but the manner that you give. I'm going to show you two examples from the Word of God. One woman gave very little. The other gave a lot. Nothing is too little. Nothing is too much for the Lord. But it's the attitude that you're giving. In Mark chapter 12, verse 38, 
it's recorded how a widow gave two mites, two cents. And this poor widow is exalted above all those that are around her. The Bible says the others gave out of their abundance. They gave out of convenience. They gave what they didn't need, what their life did not depend upon. But she gave what her life depended upon. Jesus noticed that she was the only one who gave a worthy offering. This woman understood something about sacrificial giving. To give loving unconditionally. Her actions challenges us today because she gave sacrificially. We think today in the church that God would not require of us to make any sacrifices. That's definitely not true. Because if you want to experience resurrection power in your life, the Bible says the same degree that you experience being crucified with Christ, being conformed to His death, is the same degree that you will experience resurrection power. Today we want the power without the sacrifice. The Lord said, Abraham, sacrifice your only son, the one whom you love. His response was, we're going to worship. There's the sacrifice of worship. To get into God's presence cost Jesus his life. Yes, the Holy Spirit is for free, but it's not cheap. It cost Jesus his life. Sometimes we think, well, I'll give when I have money. That could be the very attitude robbing you of your blessing. When I'm strong, I'll come and help and serve. If only I was free, I would experience freedom. Sometimes it's that very small thing that you are doing that's reshaping your future. You can ask David. David understood something about this. Giving sacrificially. A matter of fact, David, think about this for one second. David had it in his heart to build God a house. The man of God says, yes, you can go ahead. Then he comes and he says, okay, you can gather everything to build the house, but you yourself cannot build it. Your son will do it. And he gave an offering that transcended generations. A temple where people could worship God but he would never see it. In the book of 2 Samuel 24, you can go read it. Arana, threshing floor, judgment upon Israel. You can go read the whole story. How David took up a census when he was not supposed to do it. And there's judgment. The angel gets to his threshing floor. He gives a message to the man of God. Go to David. Tell him if he brings an offering... I'm going to stop the judgment. Now you can imagine this man is next in line to receive judgment for his family, everything that he's got. David arrives at his place. He says, David, why have you come? He bows down before him. He says, I've come to bring an offering to the Lord. He said, you know what? Just take the land, take the oxen and bring the offering. From a natural point of view, if you looked at it, David would bring an offering. But David knew his prayers, his worship, his sacrifice, his offering would be a fragrance before the Lord. 
And he says in verse 24, he says, no. Surely I will not offer anything to my God that costs me nothing. He says, I'm not prepared to bring something that's cheap, something when I, that I got for free when I have to offer it to the Lord. What I'm going to bring to the Lord is going to cost me something. To make a commitment to come to church every Sunday is going to cost you something. To walk in the ways of the Lord is going to cost you something. When you go read Acts 10, Nicodemus was a man known for his prayers and his giving. The Bible says, your prayers and your offerings have come before the Lord as a memorial. God is most honored in our sacrificial giving. True giving is sacrificial indeed. It will always cost you something. Has somebody offended you and wronged you and hurt you? And then the Lord said, forgive. It's costing you something. There's sacrifice in it. When people are always nasty to you and you're being friendly, it's a sacrifice. It's costing you something. When you walk in at, at work and you're smiling and they're all frowning at you, it's costing something. The sacrifice of smile to show people that you have the joy of the Lord on the inside of you. I think when we give something, give that what is important to you. Amen? If a smile is important to you, give that smile with all your heart, with all your strength, because the Lord is looking at your heart. He can see if it's a genuine smile or not. Sometimes when you greet people, hello, how are you? I mean, the people can see it's not real. How do you think God? God looks right into your heart. This widow gave two cents, but she gave with all her heart. In Mark 14, the story is told of a woman that brought perfume to Jesus. 300 denarii worth. Comments were made, why is this not sold and given to the poor? Remember, 300 denarii, one denarii was a day's wages. So there were 300 days of wages in that perfume. That's a year's salary. But when she brought it to the Lord, she brought it in humility and sincerity of heart. Not giving it arrogantly. Saying, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need you to change my future. I'm giving what my life depends upon. The Bible says, Jesus responded and he said, she has done what she can do. He says, you're looking at this from a natural point of view, judging us, saying this should be given to the poor. But she understands something in the spirit. She's done this for my burial, for the challenges that lies ahead. She's anointed me. says, you've said a lot about this woman, but wherever this gospel is preached, what she has done will be a memorial to her. Can you see when you bring a worthy offering, whether it's little or whether it's a lot, when it's done in humility and sincerity of heart, it transcends generations. Psalm 37 verse 5 teaches us that the fruit of the righteous is extended to their children. That's why we have to be very careful what we do, what seeds we are planting. 
as somebody that's righteous, the most important seed that you should plant every day is righteousness. When people are unrighteous towards you, plant righteous seeds. Maybe the first time we're not going to get it right. Continue to plant righteous seeds. Continue to plant righteous seeds. When you are aware of the fact that what you are planting now, the offering that you're bringing now transcends generations, you'll be thinking about your children. What you are doing now will have an impact upon your children. Many of you sitting here, you've not been living for righteousness, but you've been experiencing the blessings of the righteous because your parents served God, put God first, built God a house. Now God is building your house. But even if you did not experience that, you can make a decision today to start to bring a worthy offering unto the Lord and reshape your destiny, reshape your future. When we look at the Word of God, you almost think, what is it that I can bring unto the Lord? What is it that I can offer unto the Lord? Because He's holy, He's righteous, He's just. That's why we need the blood of Jesus. We need His righteousness, His holiness. It's then when we can lift up holy hands and say He is holy, 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 because He has made us holy. The next point, I think, most of us are guilty of this one. A worthy offering is giving what you said you would. A worthy offering is giving what you said you would. Job 22 teaches us, you will make your prayer and he will hear you. You will make your prayer and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. It says you will decree something. The Amplified said you will decide, you will decree and declare it and the light of God's favor will shine upon all your ways. Most of us, when we come to God and we say, Lord, please help me do this for me. Help me with this. We say, Lord, if you help me with this, I commit to do this. Have you ever done that? Just raise your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Lord, help me with this. I'll do it. Lord, save my brother, this one that looks like he will never get saved. I promise I'll be in church every day. I'll usher in church every day. Ever done something like that? Well, the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy that when you've made a vow, Deuteronomy 23 verse 21, when you make a vow to the Lord, you shall not delay in paying it because the Lord will surely require it of you. And if you don't do it, it is sin. Says if you don't make a vow, it won't be kept against you. But if you have made a vow, you're going to keep to it. Says that which is gone from your lips, if you have said it, God says, I want you to perform it. Why? Because you've come to God and you've said, Lord, your word says that you promise this, and I'm keeping you to your word to perform it, Lord. And now the Lord says, this relationship is mutual. I'm keeping you to your words. Whatever man sows is what he will reap. 
Why did the Lord honor Elisha's words when he prayed? Because Elisha honored God's words. No amen now, because we've all done it. Amen? All said. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4. It says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also vanity, but fear God. Psalm 15 says, keep your word even to your own hurt. We want God to keep his promises. God says, I want you to keep your promises. I like this part where it says, don't go to the messenger of God and say you've made a mistake. You know what it means? It says, don't come to the pastor and say, release me from that promise. I cannot. You didn't make the promise to me. You made the promise of God. I'm just a servant of God. I'm under God. Amen? When we want to keep God to his word, but we don't keep our word, we are honoring ourselves and we are dishonoring God. When you've made a promise, you keep that word. You fulfill every one of it. Not only part of it, the whole thing. Amen. Sometimes we want to negotiate with people in the marketplace. Then we think we can negotiate with God. How can the love of God function in us, work in us, through us, if our words are idle? It says your yes should be yes. And your no should be no. If you've made this mistake, go to God. Go before God. But I can assure you, if we want to keep God to His Word, He's going to keep you to your Word. There's never been a time in my life when I've made a commitment to God and the time came to pay it that it was easy. It would look like the commitment that I've made was going to be easy. But then the time came when I had to give that commitment. It was difficult. When you've made a commitment, I remember when we, we made the decision and we said, our children on a Sunday will be in church with us. Even if there's a party at 10 o'clock, the answer is no. If it's 3 o'clock when we're done, the answer is yes. We had just purposed that in our heart. And the first party came up. And not any friend will be a very good friend. Something that they said, Lord, we've made that commitment. We're going to stick to it. Commitments that we made in this project, the building project, when we said this is what we've committed to do. Even in our miracle seed time, Lord, we're going to give this. When the time came when we had to give it, it's every time being a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Bring a worthy offering to the Lord by keeping the promises that you've made to the Lord. I want to close with the last one. A worthy offering comes from a generous heart. A worthy offering comes from a generous heart. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. Here's my point, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, 
but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundance of harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about compassion, kindness, gentleness, favor, forgiveness. When you forgive, forgive with a happy heart, knowing that Christ has also forgiven you. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, forgive with a happy heart. Sometimes we forgive like people don't deserve it. We also didn't deserve forgiveness from God. And sometimes they don't forgive. They don't deserve it. But we do it because we want peace. We do it because there's a life you're after. Galatians 6 verse 7, the Phillips translation says, a man's entire life is based upon the seed that he has sown. What you are going through now is nothing. You've been planting good seed. There'll be a good harvest. You'll find yourself on a solid rock even when you find yourself in challenging times. The truth is whatever's in your hands right now, the gifts that God has given you, the time, the strength, the abilities, these are the very things that can create your future. The future that you desire, God has placed it on the inside of you already to create that future. It is capable of changing your life, capable of changing your destiny. Family, a worthy offering is determined by your heart. A heart that makes a decision, I'm going to put God first. A heart that says, I'll give that which I love dearest. A heart that can give what a person's life depends upon. A heart that says, Lord, if I've made a commitment, I'm going to stick to it. A heart that says, I'm going to be a happy giver. For you to be able to maintain your blessings, you need a pure heart, a lifestyle. Not just making a decision, Lord, today I'm going to bring a worthy offering, or this week I'm going to bring a worthy offering, but a lifestyle of bringing worthy offerings unto the Lord. One of the most challenging scriptures in the Bible for any believer is Daniel 6, verse 16. Because of his lifestyle, of bringing a worthy offering to the Lord every day. The Bible says three times a day, he would open his windows, go on his knees, and he would give thanks to God. So before the lions, then before his trial, he was giving thanks to God. In his trial, he was giving thanks to God. And afterwards, he was giving thanks to God. That continual worship, worthy offerings, commitment to God was noticed by the king who was not even a believer. When you bring worthy offerings every day, even unbelievers will notice it. You know what the king said to him? May the God whom you serve continually, not occasionally, continually, the God whom you serve faithfully, the God whom you serve every second of the day, week in and week out, deliver you. Daniel did not allow his situation, his difficulties, and his circumstances to affect the worthy offerings that he brought to the Lord. In everything, he made a decision to worship the Lord. 
Daniel teaches us that godly men and godly women, they have godly customs. Daily, he would bring an offering to the Lord. Maybe you're sitting here, you've not been in church for a while. Get into that daily habit, continually to come to church again, to worship Him, to serve Him with all your strength, with all your ability. Don't say, oh, when they need me, there's enough people. No. Have a mindset to say, I'm going to do everything as unto the Lord. With all my heart, with all my strength, with all my ability, with everything that the Lord has given me, I'm going to serve Him and bring a worthy offering every day. Family, listen to me. When you honor God in your difficulties, God will honor you in your difficulties. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.